Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a walk in their stilettos so that we can continue to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what inspires me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest, we have Rachel G. Woodson. She's a wife, a mom, a self-love and relationship expert, helping people to heal, to love again. She helps couples save their marriage and specializes in family restoration and dating preparation. Please welcome to the show, Rachel G. Hey. (laughs) Hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. I've been wanting to have you on for some time now. Awesome, awesome. And time has met purpose. So I'm here and ready to impact your listeners on today. Love it, love it. So what I love um, to start the show with as an icebreaker question, because I mean, all of you women are phenomenal and you have all of these amazing, amazing titles, but a title that I feel doesn't get enough recognition is our name because we are called that title over and over and over again. So my question to you today, Rachel, my first question is, do you know what your name means? Oh, there's so many things. I've when I got a keychain and it had my name on it, it had Rachel, um, it just said sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the main things I remember. So, but if you think of a sheep, they are, you know, very quiet, very humble. Um, but as far as my name in extra mode, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I looked it up and the biblical meaning of Rachel, yes, you're correct. It is female sheep. And Rachel was also Jacob's wife in the Bible right. and uh, described as being beautiful in form and countenance. Yes. And let's not forget, since you said Jacob, he had to work twice as hard to get Rachel. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so. What I always like to focus on is the definition of someone's name usually connects to who they are as a person today so when I read you know beautiful in form and countenance because you are absolutely beautiful and also (laughs) the the female sheep you know you were talking about you know being shy and stuff like that I find women from America are more outgoing even when they are introverted than Canadians who are known for being reserved but to me it does suit your your personality the description of your name. Yes, because a lot of people think that I'm just this big ball of energy, um, which Mm -hmm. I can be, but I am shy. I am one of those people that if a person is complimenting me, I giggle, I laugh. I find find myself being rather shy more than just extremely um, outgoing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can totally relate completely. So I want to jump right in and ask you, how did you get into relationship coaching? Like, what is the passion behind wanting to make this your life mission? Well, I didn't find this. This found me. Mm-hmm. Um, after a first major toxic relationship, I found myself with nothing and two kids back 
to my uh, maiden name being myself, and I didn't have anything. I started over. I actually started uh, becoming a CNA, and in order for me to get my license, I worked for $5.15 an hour to obtain Mm -hmm. my license. Um, I had six figures, ended up with nothing, and I knew what housing was, and I knew what food stamps was for the first time in my life. Uh, went through a lot with depression, suicidal thoughts, um, and just, just was overwhelmed. And so I remember asking God to help me. And I remember God giving me things to do, exercises, things to write down. And these things begin to make me better. It begin to heal me. It begin to help me understand. And one of the things I said to him is, if you help me, I'll live the rest of my life helping others from mm-hmm. And I've just said it, but I didn't think it was going to be something that was going to be a career. And this gift was totally going to make the room for me that it has. So fast forward, I became a makeup artist um, once I had enough funds to move to where I am now. I became a makeup artist and was doing makeup. And I started noticing that the clients that were coming to me weren't just coming to get their makeup done. They were coming because they had questions. They were coming because they needed to vent. They needed to talk. And I was giving them relationship advice about their relationships. I was giving them marital advice. I was just giving them things. And they were coming back, not to just to get their makeup done, but they started paying me monthly mm. to get their makeup done. And I thought it was rather odd. But the reason why they were paying me monthly was because they wanted to come to see me every morning before work to get the motivation that they needed. They wanted to have access to me so that they can talk to me about their issues. And I would tell them what to do and it would work. Mm-hmm. And so people start telling other people, well, I know this great relationship coach. I know this great life coach. I know this great relationship expert. And I'm like, what in the world? So people started coming to me. And so that was God's way of saying, okay, you remember what you said? I'm holding you accountable to what you promised me. And so I started studying and started going to school um, for therapy. And it all just stemmed from my pain. It all just stemmed from other people needing me. So it's kind of one of those things where I didn't choose this career. This career chose me. That last part that you said, that it stemmed from your pain. I've had so many people say to me, your pain births your purpose. And I'm, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, that fits right there. Like, that's so true. Yes. So, and I tell people all the time, it propels you towards your promise. Yes. So speaking of promise, you are now newly married. Can you share the story of, you know, how you and hubby met and got engaged and are now married? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, grateful to have shared my our wedding with you guys and everybody else. Um, it was beautiful. Watching, <laughs> watching. Thank you, Timber. 2017. My husband and I were just two workers in Christ that were doing things in church, and he was interested in me, and he sent his cousin over to ask me out and to see if I was dating anybody. And of course, I thought me being a 30-something-year-old woman, the last thing I want is another woman coming and trying to hook me up with a grown man that was supposed to have stepped to me. So I mm-hmm. told her, yes, I was dating somebody. <laughs> um, fast, fast forward to November, 
I never forget, and I'm going to give this back to her real quick. A limb had fell in my yard, and I needed to pick it up. So my friend, she called her cousin and told her cousin, hey, I need you and your city men to come do this for my friend. He mm-hmm. came over, and we had already moved the limb. But he, it was his first time meeting me, and he always saw me on social media. And he began to say, oh, you know what? You know, you look just you look better in person, and the social media does you no know, justice, and I'm always following you. And I've always wondered what it would be like to approach you because you seem like you're not the approachable type. And mm-hmm. I was like approachable type. And that was God's seed right there, and I didn't even realize it at the moment. And he began to tell me how, you know, my my social media pages makes it look like I am some celebrity that has a bodyguard that's going to jump out <laughs> as I ask me out on a date. So moving forward to November, I really begin to think about that more. And God told me to go on a fast in December. Went on a fast in December. Long story short, um, December the 31st, that's when my now husband came to me and asked me to dinner after church, in between church mm-hmm. services. And so I, I told him yes. And in between that time, he began to tell me when we were at dinner how he felt about me and how he couldn't go into 2018 without me. And the reason why he had his cousin to come up to me, because he didn't think that I was approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that was our, that's pretty much our back story. We made it official January the 1st, and we got engaged January the 25th and married wow. December the 1st. All in 2018. Um, wow. But I wanted to put that in there about um, the approach because we have so many things going on within us. And I brought so much into my life and I made so many things a priority into my life because the past hurt. And one of the things was I didn't want to depend on a man and I didn't want a man taking care of me. And, and so that approach you know, that I would give or that look or that feel or um, that type of body language that I would give a person would tell a man that I'm not approachable. Mm. Uh, So there are so many things that we do and there are so many issues behind who we are that makes us who we are. And, And so, but nevertheless, that was something that was broken down. And it became phenomenal. And I am <laughs> happily married to him. <laughs> I, I think that it's important that you pointed out, you know, what we put out there. Because oftentimes, you know, we're looking at what we're attracting. And we don't realize that's, that's the energy that we put out there. The thoughts that we think and the energy that we let off, you, you don't realize it. Sometimes your vibe introduces you before you even open your mouth. And oh it's God, important. Yeah. It's so important. Like I have so many women say to me, oh, well, I don't need a man. I don't know how, you know, you do the things you do. I don't want a man in my life. And at the end of the day, you know, deep down, they really do. But they're not attracting one because of what they're putting out there. Exactly. Exactly. And I tell women all the time, it's not that you don't want a man to say you don't want to go through what you went through in your last relationship. And it took 14 years. It was 14 years between um, me getting married. And during that time, I had gained so much negative uh, emotion within myself. People on social media was just like, why don't you get married? I didn't want to get married. I didn't care about getting married. You know, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter to me. 
But when he came, so sorry, you were saying fourteen years between between marriages. Uh huh. Okay. Fourteen years between marriages, and I had this attitude that I created within myself that although I can help people save, I would save marriages. I would help people find love. I didn't want it. I just didn't care about Mm -hmm. it. It wasn't big. But when it came in November, it like all came all at one time. It was like (laughs) God saying, hey, this is what is important. I have this coming for you, and I need you to get yourself together right now. But I had no idea that right now meant within weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes you get yourself together and you kind of just chill for a year or so. I was I didn't had no no chilling time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was check yourself, get married. So, um, and it's all upon us. It's it's all upon us. We are the ones that are stopping ourselves from getting to where we want to get to. I went through so much in my life because I allowed myself to go through it, and I kept keeping myself there. Through mm-hmm. every trial and tribulation that I went through, I kept myself there. I never held myself accountable. I blamed everybody else for dysfunction that was in my life. But when I took accountability for my dysfunction and really checked myself and really renewed myself, that's when things that I was deserving of came to me. I think that's key because many people don't hold themselves accountable. You know, they play the victim, they blame everybody else. And it so-and-so did this to me. And that is why I'm like this. And this happened to me. And that is why I'm like this. But we don't own our responsibility within that. We don't own the power that we gave to somebody else. So we don't own our current actions. We have the ability to unlearn a certain behavior and relearn what's right. Like we don't, a lot of people don't take responsibility for the way that they are in order to to change. So do you feel like when God flicked that switch and said, okay, you're ready, do you feel that there was anything particular that you did to open up yourself to that, to attract the love of your life? Um, I have exercises that I do. I have a program that I do with singles and people in relationships that mm-hmm. helps them understand their hurt, why they date the type of men that they've dated, how they can change. And so I did my actual program. And one of my exercises that I did was uh, what type of wife do you need to be for the husband that God has for you? Um, Mm. And so I had to check myself. What do I need? I need to submit. I need to be able to be led. And I need to have meekness. Mm. And those were the three things that I didn't have. And that sums up the whole month of me fasting and exercising, God was trying to tell me the man that I have for you is a leader. The man that I have for you is leading you my way. He's doing things according to what I desire him to do. Mm-hmm. But I need you to listen to him. I need you to be meek. I need you to be understanding. I need you to not have that mindset of saying, I'm not going to depend on another man because I'm giving you somebody that you can always depend on me, depend on you, and you can depend on him. And he's going to likewise because he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for his family, and he's doing it my way. Right. So that was my major wake-up that I had to come to terms with with myself, that I had to change that 14 years in the making. And I didn't mean to make that a part of me, but mm-hmm. with speaking – you know, the affirmations and say yes. it 
you know, we have the I am, the I shall, I will. And with sometimes those things that we say aren't positive. So mm-hmm. we wonder why the negative things come following us and the negative things pursue us and the negative things harass us is because we speak that. So yes. I would always say a man can't buy me a drink. A man can't do this for me. A man can't take these. Everything was a man can't, a man can't, a man can't. And so that man can't build up that I don't want to depend on a man. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me to just say it than to change it. But God knew that it was something that was embedded in mm-hmm. me, as in my personality, as a person, that a man couldn't do anything for me. And I wasn't going to be qualified to be ready for my husband. That That's good. Like I think a lot of people don't realize a lot of the negative self-talk that they say on a consistent basis, like what you were saying before, you know, a man can't, a man can't. We don't realize that we're programming these words into our our head, into our subconscious, and then into our feelings. And that's why we act and do the things that we do. Anything you say after I am holds weight. So we need to consciously think about the words that we are saying and that we are putting out there and make sure that anything that comes after I am is positive. Right. So speaking of wedding, I attended your beautiful wedding. People, it was in December, but it was outdoors. It was beautiful. It was, it, it, I think that it was at sunset in a beautiful park. This girl came walking down the aisle, singing her heart out. I was like, ooh, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so there was a moment when, when most brides would throw a bouquet, but you had your Oprah moment where you were giving away husbands. This girl was throwing, <laughs> she told all this, the unmarried women to come, to come catch a bouquet. And instead you were throwing out roses to every woman and saying, you get a husband, you get a husband. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was beautiful. Very inclusive, very loving. Uh, so what was the inspiration behind that? The inspiration went back to the promise that I made God. Um, I remember when my mom called and she said, because she's the one who did the wedding, and she said, so do you have the bouquet, you know, the, or the idea of the bouquet you want to throw um, to whoever catches it? And I was like, you know, I deal with so many people all across the world every day. I see 19 clients a day. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I desire the most is that every woman has the husband that she desires, but also the pattern of self-love, the pattern of self-examination, the pattern of holding yourself accountable. Um, I want that spirit that I had when I was preparing myself for my husband to Mm -hmm. fall on them. So those flowers, those roses weren't just plastic roses, you know, or artificial Mm -hmm. roses. I had actually prayed. Um, I had actually, you know, had my affirmations that I wanted to say over these these roses. I wanted every woman there that touched or grabbed one, life to change, relationship status to change, um, and also their mindset to change. I wanted mm-hmm. them to start preparing themselves for a husband instead of just saying, oh, I want one. But what do I have to do? And it's amazing because so many of them have told me since then their preparation mode has changed. Mm. Even their desire of the type of men they desire has changed. And so 
my motive behind that was that women would find and fix themselves to prepare themselves for the husband that God has for them the same way I did. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. So you also have an online class um, for blended families. So you now have a blended family. Um, I heard yes. you at your wedding call them your bonus babies, which I thought was beautiful. Yes. So, okay. So how many children in total together do you and your husband have? Together we have Leslie, Jordan, Isaiah, Kedrick, and Journey. We have five so, and you can't five. forget about the three dogs. We have three dogs. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, how important is it to accept the whole package? Like, what tips can you share with the ladies listening about blended families? Okay, first of all, ladies, your job, your job is to be a wife to your husband and a bonus mom or an assistant mom to the children. It's not Mm -hmm. your job to take over. That's number one. You have to respect no matter if the mother is a good mother, bad mother, you have to respect her place. Mm-hmm. She is the one that held these kids in her bosom. She is the one that birthed these kids. You don't want to overstep your, step your boundaries. Even right. when it comes to issues, you don't say anything to her. You say something to him. And mm-hmm. you make suggestions more than telling what you think or know. Um, it's all about respect. It's all about communication. It's so funny. I went to pick up um, Jordan and Journey on Friday. I went to pick them up on Friday early. And I pick them up every day except Wednesday. Their mom picks them up. Um, and so I went to pick them up early, and I wasn't on the list to pick them up. Because mm-hmm. it was my first time picking them up without school being out. And the lady sitting at the desk said, you're not their mom. I said, no, um, I am their bonus mom. And she's like, well, you're not on the list, um, so we're not going to be able. I said, well, let me call their mom. So I called their mom, and she said, let me call the school right now. I'm sorry. She called the school. And the lady was like, uh, are you sure she's going to call? And I was like, yeah, she's probably calling the other school. She had an attitude. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and then she called. And when she called, the lady was like, I've never seen anybody that has a wife and an ex-wife that has a great relationship. My husband's wife, the ex-wife, wouldn't have never called. She said, that's why I was acting like this woman is not going to call us. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be just nice. And she was like, that's amazing. I said, Mm -hmm. it's a blessing. But it's a blessing because I respect her. I don't make decisions, even though they have split custody, I don't make decisions on anything without letting her know mm-hmm. or getting her advice or getting her okay. I'm not right. saying letting her know, making sure it's okay. So mm-hmm. the key to it all is it's not the job to try to show the ex, the baby mama, whatever title you want to give them. It's not your place to show them that you are the one now. You're mm-hmm. the one because you're there. That's self-explanatory. But this relationship or the marriage or the blend, it's not about you. It's about the kids. Mm-hmm. In order for the blend to be perfect, the kids have to be happy too. But Very once true. you get to dibbing and dabbing in personal agendas, the kids are affected. So mm-hmm. what was supposed to be blended is now choppy. And so instead of you getting the juice, 
you get a lumpy smoothie, and that's not going to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, th- I think that's extremely important. I mean, I've been um, in, in my past in a relationship where the other mother was not willing to be friendly and, and cooperate. But my my situation now where my, my daughter's father, for example, we have a great friendship and he respects anyone that I'm in a relationship with. So him and my man now, like they get along. We've done Father's Day stuff together. We've taken the kids out, you know, to a car show or if my partner and I are traveling, it's my daughter's father that will come by and stay and look after the kids and make sure that they're okay. And people are like, you're okay with him staying at your house while you guys are away. Like we have that kind of friendship and relationship and understanding that if we are not at odds and we can coexist and be cordial for the children, everybody's happy. You know, the the kids Uh are happier. The relationship is happier. We don't have no stress. Like, you know what I mean? There's no insecurities where anybody feels like, you know, they're, they're not being included. Right. So, okay. On the flip side, what advice would you give to a single woman that's been waiting for her Boaz and is feeling like she'll never, you know, find her mate? Because there are a lot of women out here who are single and and waiting, but they're getting frustrated. Um, I would tell women to not look at past relationships to the point of being discouraged, but begin to check yourself. Begin to prepare yourself because... Of course, like I tell my clients all the time, what you desire is to have something you never had. Mm-hmm. And so if you want something you never had, you have to be prepared for it. Um, everything in life, you have to be prepared for it. If you want a house, you have to prepare your credit to get the house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, want a, if you want a car, a certain car, you have to prepare your credit or your down payment. You have to do so many things in preparation in order for you to meet the timing and to have it. If you want a man that's faithful, hardworking, and not a cheater and not abusive, then you have to prepare yourself for that type of man. You can't get with that type of man and automatically hold on to the past because you're going to mess it up. You're going to self-destruct the relationship. So the first step of being found is finding yourself, knowing who you are, realizing that Yes, you went through some things, but what did you learn from these things? I ask mm-hmm. my clients all the time. So what did you do? I mean, I didn't do anything. I was faithful. You know, I was kind. I took care of the kids. I did this. I did that. So what did what did you, what should you have done? Well, mm-hmm. I should have held him more accountable for this. I should have done this. And, and so when you see what you should have done, you can begin to work on those things, and you can begin to prepare yourself. But you can't go into the relationship that's meant for you, holding on to the relationships that you thought were meant, you put your all into, but didn't work. Mm, That's good. So every coach that I know has a coach and understands the importance of being coachable. Uh So my question to you is, have you ever had any mentors or coaches that have helped you along the way? Yes. Um, I believe that therapists need therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I believe coaches (laughs) need coaching. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I believe counselors need counseling. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. with all those being mentors need mentoring. And so I have people in my life that help with all those things. Um, A lot of times we kind of go back and forth with inspiration. Um, 
because they always have a question for me too. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, when it, my main thing is I have mentors that are where I want to be. And right. um, I never have anybody that's on my level mentor me. I always mm-hmm. have somebody that's on the level where I have to prepare myself for. Um, and so that keeps me going and that keeps me inspired. But never think that you're too great to not need anybody that's to hold right. you accountable to not push you. Um, and believe it or not, even though I have these mentors and the therapists and the counselors and things like that, my husband is one of the biggest accountability partners. And he is someone that will study ways to make me better. Love and it. he will hold me accountable to it and, you know, give me homework to make sure I do. So I stay busy on getting um injected with knowledge and being pushed love it so the the point that you made about you know having uh, coaches that are where you want to be I always tell people don't take advice from people that you wouldn't want to switch places with right I think that's a great point that you had there in terms of people that are where you want to be because way too many times people are out here taking counsel from people who are and it does, I'm not talking about qualification in terms of certification, but they are not qualified to be giving them any form of advice. And they are not people that you want to switch places with. There are people out here taking marriage advice from someone who has never been married or, you know, stuff like that. So it's just be mindful of who you seek counsel from. So I think that's a great point that you made about getting counseling from people that are where you want to be. That's important. I always like to ask women, you know, what adversities have they had to endure in order to get to where they are now? So I guess we could focus on the relationship side of it. Like what adversities has Rachel had to endure in in life, in relationships to get to this point? I've had to endure a lot of self-inflicted heartache, making decisions not based off of of love, but based off of survival, based off of me just doing something to prove people wrong. Um, Marrying my husband was something that I did from my heart. It was the first heart decision that I made. Other decisions that I made was because somebody said that I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm. Um, And also because it just was something that was convenient. Um, So everything, every struggle that came along with it, I had to endure a lot. But if I would have made better decisions, I wouldn't have been in the situation. But it taught me that you want to make God decisions and heart decisions. And when you put your preparation with your mind, then that connects the timing of God and your heart flow. People always say, I want to think with my mind. I want my mind to tell me what to do. No, you want your mind to prepare yourself for what your heart desires so that you'll be able to keep what it is that you want. I have something that I've always wanted, but I had to prepare myself for it. But in the midst of it, I had to struggle. I struggled a lot. Um, Me taking and being with someone for money left me broke and having to start over. I would volunteer and come home and my lights would be out. Um, my kids laugh about it now. There were times where they took baths and water bottles um, in the midst of me trying to become the person that I am now and just trying to survive. Mm. Um, 
so my struggles were self-inflicted, and then I had two babies that had to be a part of it. So I had to change. I had to change. But I can't say that I am where I am or I went through what I went through because of people. I went through what I went through because of the decisions that I made. Right. Okay. You, you know, your, your mom, your wife, your bonus mom, your counseling people, you're doing all of this. What is your self-care routine? How do you take care of Rachel? My self-care routine is always silent in between every client. Uh, TV's never on, uh, radio's never on, nothing's on. I may listen to some comical things to, to laugh, uh, but silence is my number one thing. Um, I'm back to working out, thank God, and losing some of the happy weight. (laughs) But being able, believe it or not, to cook and to entertain, Mm -hmm. it's my therapy. It rejuvenates me. Um, Just being happy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are always looking for stuff to make them and to validate them because they're not happy. Mm -hmm. But when you're happy and very content, So it doesn't take much and your rejuvenation process is actually faster because it's with love and you're surrounded by the people that you love. Um, I do take time though to myself to go and have dinner um, by myself. Sometimes it's with my husband and then sometimes it's just one of the kids, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we'll do downtime. So everything that I do basically is either by myself or with my kids. Um, or go to a vineyard. Mm. But other than that, it's just really simple. I have prepared myself for the family that I have, and so I'm just enjoying it. Maybe it's that fresh honeymoon stage. Actually, <laughs> 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 three years from now, I may say, I don't know. Oh, we can't forget about Target. Target's my vacation spot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I read this article and I've made it like a part of the show because it's been so accurate, but it talks about how your favorite shoe or your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. So my question to you, Rachel, what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a flip-flop? Is it a high heel? Is it like a running shoe? Is it a boot, a wedge, pumps? I've been wearing my Vapor Max a lot. But generally, it's my my slide. Okay, so anything flat. Would you call that more of a flat or a flip flop style, like laid back? Uh, maybe a flip flop. Okay, this person is very chilled out and easy to be around. They're happy to go with the flow and see where life takes them. Rather than succumb to societal pressures, they'd rather follow their bliss and do what actually makes them happy, whatever that may be. Mm. I like the flip-flop. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for having me. You guys can go to www.rachelgwoodson.com and sign up for the newsletter. The, of course, the name is new. Everything in my life is new. So the website is becoming new. Also on Instagram, I am I underscore am Rachel D. You actually can put in Rachel G in Google and it's going to bring you to all of my, um, all of my web things that I have currently via the internet. 
Perfect. And I will also, um, in the link under the podcast episode, they can just click, I'll put your website and all your socials there so they can just press and follow you instantly. They don't have to search too far. Awesome. Thank you so much. No problem. For the final segment of the show, it's really uh, reflection questions where you share first thing that comes to mind. And I like to call it a walk in her stilettos, but today we're going to call it a walk in her slides. <laughs> <laughs> So I will ask a couple of questions and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. The Weight. Mm. By Devon Franklin? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Devon Franklin and his wife, Megan Good, co-wrote yeah. The Weight. How did that impact your life? What was, What did you love about the book? I think it was a transparency of their story. Um, okay. It really didn't give me any tools to wait. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it didn't give me that. But we live in an era where people like real. Mm-hmm. Just being able to see that somebody else has some struggles, you know, has some bad relationships, made some decisions, looks good on the outside, but still kind of made some bumps and bruises in the bedroom and in love. Um, that in itself, and two different people really coming together, um, mm-hmm. kind of just took the limits off of what love should look like. And just to really follow your heart, it that was it for me, just their mm-hmm. testimony. I didn't mm-hmm. get any tools out of it, but I got a good testimony out of it. Got, okay, perfect. Because that, that's what I, I was going to say. I was like, let me not put in my, my two cents just yet. Let me hear it. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I read it as well. I didn't feel that I got any, any tools to wait. But again, I'm a huge fan of people's testimonies. Hence, you know, this podcast right. and my books and stuff. So I feel that testimonies are so important. I feel like at the end of the day, even though we all have a different story, our stories connect and they're relatable and they, it's social proofing. It helps people feel better about their situations, especially if they feel like, you know, they're dealing with it alone. Exactly. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? It would be, of course, I'm square. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, would, it would say, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, it would be a picture of me and it would say, I help people heal to love again. Uh, love that it. would be the first that's that's the thing the first thing that comes to mind because so many people are hurting and clients do come to me about relationship advice but they also get life advice and they realize that the hurt that they've accumulated it came from their childhood so mm-hmm. um i help people heal from way back to now um uh, to love again so that would be it love it it's funny when when i got the opportunity to have the the billboard in in times square and i was like uh okay what what am I gonna put on a billboard in Times Square and again maybe it's because I'm still in the honeymoon phase of my relationship but I wanted to make it relationship based and Valentine's was coming and you know I was doing the campaign for the the couple's gratitude journal and I asked my partner if if he was okay with you know having a picture of us (laughs) on such a a big screen (laughs) And he was like, well, is this this supposed to be about you and your moment? I'm like, yeah, but you helped me create this. But yeah, the whole couples thing. I'm just a lover of love. So I love that that idea. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Next question. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Organization Mm. and realizing that I don't know it all. Those are big. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are major to me. (laughs) Okay. What have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? Minimizing my budget. 
poor people. Mm. Um, if I'm so great, then pay me what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And don't think I'm so great to where I need to volunteer. Yes. I think that's big. I think, okay. I found in our community, and I'm going to say Black women, they don't necessarily want to pay you what you're worth. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, because my coaching services are premium pricing and people are like, well, sorry, I can't afford that. I'm like, I can't adjust my prices to your budget or to your mindset. There are many things that I wanted in life that were beyond my financial budget, including my certification for coaching. It was when I first heard of the price, I was like, that's ridiculous. But I found it because that's what I wanted. So Mm -hmm. I think that people don't understand, you know, if you truly value somebody and what it is that they have to offer, don't expect them to, to volunteer it. Don't expect them to give it away for free. Like you can't walk into a Bentley dealership and say, Hey, like, yeah, that car's expensive. I can't afford it, but you know, can I give you this much for it? Like it doesn't work that way. It, It doesn't work that way. So yeah, I think that's I think that's big. Tell us one little known fact about Rachel. That she's a country girl. <laughs> uh, country girl that was raised in a small town of twelve hundred people. Mm, okay, Rachel, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your testimony and your gems with us. I truly appreciate you, and I appreciate you so much for having me. And allowing me to impact your audience. Thank you. I just want to share one quick story with the audience. I mean, I first connected with Rachel years ago through social media. And I love personally, I love social media because it's allowed me to build so many beautiful connections with so many beautiful souls around the world. Um, But you were so open to help and to collaborate and to connect. And for me, that was a big deal because I was just coming on to being social and networking and putting myself out there. And, you know, you hear stories about, you know, women are not able to work together or are not helpful and crabs in the bucket mentality. But you called me from the States. I was here in Canada. We had a conversation about our divorce process and our moving forward process and how to build on social media. And we ended up doing that brunch together in, in Houston. I just Mm -hmm. wanted people to know, like, you are such a beautiful soul. And that was why when you invited me to your wedding, I was like, I will be there. (laughs) I don't know how I'm getting there, but I will be there. (laughs) And and I just thank God for you. And I want people to go and follow you, find her online and make sure, you know, you click those links and and add her in your life. You need Rachel in your life. Oh, thank you so much. And I have appreciated the connection. It's been genuine, authentic, and I'm excited to propel more with business and just with life in general. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And to our listeners, until next time, download the Awaken My Stilettos app and subscribe to our newsletter at awakenmystilettos.com. Don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple or iTunes or wherever you're listening to it and subscribe. Share it with a friend who you think can connect. Write a review. Let us know what did you think about Rachel's story, what she had to say, what do you have to add to that, and how can you relate? Send us your feedback and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>